It's time to bring corporations into the 21st century. Hard work and grit just aren't cutting it anymore. It's time to rebuild corporate from the ground up so we can create a workplace that we can be proud to hand down to the next generation. Welcome to the Strategist Podcast, a parent's guide to navigate corporate. I'm Fallon Fols, and this is the Strategist Podcast. So this week, I wanted to talk about one of the biggest pet peeves that I have about work. It is the fact that we have too many meetings that we get nothing done at. So the biggest thing for me is breaking it down into steps to where you can actually get something accomplished, to where you can run a meeting and actually get things done. So this is how I have over the years figured out the best way to structure my meetings and to set those expectations of what you're expecting from people, one, while you're in the meeting and two, also after the meeting. So let's break it down. So the first step is the meeting prep. This is going to happen before you even think about scheduling the meeting. This is going to be a time when you are going to make a list of things that you actually want to talk about. However, here's the key. You want to make sure you're doing that with keeping the end goal in mind. So what exactly are you trying to accomplish in this meeting? What is the end goal and the outcome that you actually want to happen? Without that in mind, making a list of things to do while you're in the meeting really won't help you. It's not going to take your meeting and actually make it effective. So number one, think about what is your end goal? What do you want to accomplish in the meeting? Make a list based on that end goal of the things that you want to cover in the meeting. Now, here's the deal. People's attention spans are not that long. So you really don't want to have a long meeting where it takes an hour, two hours for you to actually get accomplished what you need to do. If that is the case where you've got something where it is a really big topic or multiple things that you want to talk about, that's okay. What you're going to need to do is break it up into parts. So you're going to need to break it up into one, two, maybe three meetings. I kind of don't like having a standing meetings unless you really do have it planned out. And there's like a finite goal of the amount of repetitive meetings that you have. So make sure that whenever you're setting up these reoccurring meetings that outlook if you use Outlook, allows you to do that you actually set it to where you have an end time frame because when you just set up these reoccurring meetings that go on for eternity, you will get absolutely nothing done in those. And trust me, I know from experience, it's very tempting to just say, we're going to meet until we have it done and that it doesn't matter how many times we have to meet to make it happen. That's great. I love the enthusiasm, but it doesn't work. You really have to be mindful about 
how you are setting your meetings up and the structure that you're going to do that and making sure that you actually, if, if you have, you know, whatever you're working on, that's going to take three months of weekly meetings to accomplish, you better, before you actually schedule that first meeting, have some sort of idea about what you want to accomplish in each individual meeting. Now, that's not to say that you're not going to make changes to the meeting agendas every single week and adjust based on the progress that you've seen. But you need to have some basis as far as for why you want to have the meetings reoccur for eternity, right? So that's key. Making sure that you have the end goal in mind, no matter how many meetings you have to have. That way you can have something actually happen in those meetings and run them effectively. So what we've talked about so far is we want to make a list before we even send out the meeting invite of the things that you want to talk about in the meeting. I honestly would keep them maybe three to four topics max. Again, people have a short attention span, so you really, really don't want to make these things, you know, too long, too many items, right? So that is going to be key. And that'll also kind of help you keep the meeting time shorter, which all of your attendees will appreciate, but also it will help you to stay on task and get things done. So three to four things with your end goal in mind. And then at this point, now that you have that, you're ready to actually schedule the meeting. When you're scheduling it, keep in time, keep in mind what time of day that you're going to schedule it when it fits in everyone's schedule, making sure that everybody who actually needs to be there can actually make it. It's really easy to double book people and then you are making it to where they have to decide what's more important. And honestly, if they can't attend your meeting, then why are you having it in the first place? Or why are you inviting them in the first place if you don't really care whether or not they can attend? So you want to make sure you check their calendars, uh, look at the scheduling app, whatever you know it is that you're using to schedule the meeting, and making sure that the other person can attend. Now, if you are someone scheduling a meeting with a third-party person where you don't actually have access to their calendar, what I would do is pick a time as far as that works in your calendar, works in anyone else's calendar that you can actually see. And then you can pick multiple times, just different little time slots that would fit in your schedule and everyone else that you can see, right? Take those times and say in an email to this person, say, Hey, I see that we want to meet on this topic. Here are some time slots that we can meet that I'm available and my team's available. um, And let me know which one works for you. And then that way that gives that person a couple of options. I would give them no more than two or three options. And then that gives them a sense of ownership that they chose what time the meeting is. Therefore they should show up. (laughs) So a little trick there, but So now that you have scheduled your meeting, your meeting prep is officially done for right now. (laughs) So now 
let's go to actually running the meeting. So you have thought about what you want to talk about. Oh, and before we go all the way into running the meeting, one thing I forgot. When you are actually sending out the meeting invite, you're going to want to include the list of things that you want to talk about as your meeting agenda. And then that way that clearly communicates to the people that you're inviting that that is what you're going to show up to talk about. It makes it really easy when you're in the meeting if the people who are attending already know exactly what they're going to expect. And also it gives them time to prepare if there's any reason that they need to prepare. So that's another thing you can include is if you're expecting people to show up to this meeting with something prepared, um, you know, maybe they have to go look up a standard, they have to go look up um, a regulation, they need to, you know, whatever it is that they need to come prepared to do and talk about, then they need to be informed in the meeting invite that that is what you're expecting. So you're already setting the tone for what this meeting is going to do and what it's going to, what's going to happen in that meeting. And you're setting the expectations. So now that that's all taken care of, now we're going to go into actually running the meeting. One of the biggest things, and honestly, one of my biggest struggles is showing up and starting on time. I naturally run about mm, five minutes late to like everything. And so this one is actually a really big struggle for me. Not so much a struggle, just so much of a, it goes against how I naturally operate. So the biggest thing is when you show up and you start on time, you are setting the tone that it's important. You're meeting, this is the time, and you're respecting other people's time. And so that is the way that you come into your meeting. That is the way that your meeting is going to go. So when you show up and you start on time, then you are sending the signal that you are respecting everyone else's time and you, they are respecting yours too. So it goes both ways. So now that you've started the meeting, what do you actually talk about? Well, here's where your list and your agenda comes in handy because now you either can print it out or have it up on the screen, however you want to display it. Honestly, having it up on the screen is really nice. If there's a screen in the meeting room that you're in, or even if it's virtual, you can show your screen and you can have that in there. And it's nice because it tells everyone and sends the signal these are the things that we're going to talk about. That way, when things derail, you can easily bring people back. So what you do is you want to start out by going through your list. When people naturally want to stray from that list, usually what I'll do is allow them to talk one to two minutes about whatever it is they're kind of derailing to as long as it's not one of the items that's in the list later. Uh, if it's just something that's kind of off topic, not exactly what you intended to discuss, it's important to, in a way, allow them to talk about it for just a few minutes because then that allows them to kind of get it out of their system, talk about it a little bit, 
And then you allow them to do that. And then you take it and say, hey, I really appreciate you talking about this. I would love to talk about this more either after the meeting or at another meeting. And then bring it back to whatever topic you're on. And then that way it's you're acknowledging that, you know, I appreciate that you wanted to talk about this, but that's not what we're here for. And that allows you to keep the meeting on track and not, you know, making anyone mad because you brought them off of a topic they really wanted to talk about. You've already clearly set the expectation that these are the list of things that we're going to talk about and nothing else. And once you do that a few times, it's kind of awkward the first couple times you do this because you aren't really used to doing that to others, especially if that someone is higher up in the company than you. It makes it a little bit difficult to do that. But as long as you do it in a very respectful way, it really, honestly, I think it shows that you are on top of your game and you are the authority because you're the one who called the meeting. You're the one running the meeting. You're trying to run an effective meeting. And I think that everyone should appreciate that when they may not in the moment, but when they get to the end of the meeting and they actually have stuff that was accomplished and resolved and there's action items and there's different things that, which obviously we'll get into action items in a minute, but you know, when you have created a space where you've allowed people to be creative in a way that's structured and allowed them to get to a resolution, it really honestly will make people happier. And it won't matter the fact that you interrupted them and brought them off of a story or, you know, whatever it was that they were talking about to bring them back in. So I wouldn't worry about it too much as long as you do it respectfully. And part of doing it respectfully for me is allowing them that time, one to two minutes to just talk about whatever it is they want to talk about to where it gives them a little bit of time to actually get it out without derailing your entire meeting. So that's really important as far as making sure that you keep people on task in your meeting, but you don't seem like a Nazi whenever you're trying to get people to stay on task. So the next thing is while you are in this meeting, you're going to want to take notes because ultimately at the end of the meeting, you're going to issue meeting notes where you're going to tell people exactly what happened in the meeting. Now, I personally, I've done it both ways where I have handwritten the notes and then gone back and typed them to email them out later. It takes a lot of extra time, time that I don't always necessarily have. So What I've done is either I've used a Word document or OneNote um, or just any kind of note-taking program that you use. And I have, I mean, OneNote is great, honestly, if you have that available to you. It allows you to take notes within the, it's basically like a big notepad that you can organize into folders. 
And it allows you to take whatever page you're working on and actually email it out directly if it's integrated with Outlook. So it's really great. If you have not used it before, I would highly suggest it. Um, I have, I actually, I'm kind of at the point that I type faster than I write now. Uh, so it actually makes a lot of sense for me to type while I am in the meeting, typing all the notes. Um, one of the things I do, I mean, that's kind of honestly for me, the way that I learn and remember is by writing or typing it out as things are coming in. Um, and so it just makes a lot of sense for me to just type it first and only once. And then that way I can immediately just organize it after the meeting and send it straight out to people. And so this is where the other piece comes in. While you are taking notes, there's a lot of times in the meeting, people will be like, oh, well, I'll go do this after the meeting, or I'll get you that information later. And you'll hear these things. And those will eventually automatically become triggers saying, oh, I need to write that down as an action item. That is an actual action item. It's not just someone saying, I'll get you something whenever it's, oh, okay. So you're saying you're going to get this person something you know, whatever it is. And so when are you going to get that to them? And what's exactly going to be included in this deliverable? And so that is the way that you set action items. So this is setting the expectation of what is going to happen after your meeting. And then that way that holds people accountable because now their name is on an action item. They are a responsible party for whatever it is that was assigned to them and you're assigning them a due date. The due date is very, very important because then that allows you the ability to say, this is when you're going to have this by. And that leaves no questions as far as for when it's due and what you're going to actually provide and to who. So a lot of times in the actual action item, I'll say, X, Y, and Z is due to so-and-so. And then that way the responsible party knows that these X, Y, and Z is what you're going to deliver to this person at this time. And so that makes it very, very easy, very clear. No one is wondering about exactly what they're supposed to be doing or when they're supposed to be doing it. So action items with due dates are key to running an effective meeting and allowing that meeting to play out outside of that meeting afterwards where you're still getting stuff done, but you're not having to have multiple meetings over and over and over again so that people can deliver the information that they need to deliver to the right people. That's just going to automatically happen as you're setting these action items and due dates and responsible parties. So now that you have your meeting notes, you have action items and oh, on action items, make sure in the meeting that you actually will talk to that person that's responsible and say, okay, you're going to have X, Y, and Z to so-and-so by this date. Is that acceptable? Is that enough time for you to actually deliver what you need to deliver to that person? And maybe there's some discussion about, well, maybe not. I don't know. That's kind of tight. Normally when I hear Mm, I don't know if that's kind of tight and there's really no hard due date 
for the whole entire project to meet a certain deadline, I usually will give them an extra day or two. That way they don't feel rushed and they actually deliver some product that actually is worth something. You don't want them to just put something together to get something out to meet the due date and not actually meet the objective of what you're trying to do. So it's really important to be realistic with the due dates that you're setting. That way people actually respect them and they don't just say, oh yeah, that's good. That's fine. You know, I'll get it to them by then. I don't know if I will, but I'll try, you know, and then you're in this terrible pattern of just people saying, yeah, okay, whatever, I'll do it. And then they don't actually deliver what you're actually wanting. Don't get the things done that you need to get done. So at the end of the meeting, you're going to have a list of action items and meeting notes. Now, once the meeting is over, you don't have to organize it while you're in the meeting. You don't want to do any of that. All you need is your meeting notes with within the meeting note. Like whenever I'm doing my meeting notes, I'm literally putting next to different items as I am typing it out and writing down what people are saying. I will put just next to it AI dash, and then I'll have whatever the action item is. And even in there, I'll just say so and so and on this date. I don't have it really very organized while I'm actually going through it other than saying like within this line, this is an action item. So then that way, when I'm going through my meeting notes after the meeting, then I can say, oh, okay, I wanted to assign this person this thing to go do on this date. And so after the meeting, once the meeting's over, you're going to want to really quickly Go through and grab all of those action items out of what you typed up and bring them up to the very top. Group them together at the top, title the section action items. And then what I like to do is do it in a bulleted format. So that way I have what exactly is the deliverable? What are we trying to get done? Underneath it, I have responsible party and due date. And then that way I'll fill those in. And each action item will have a responsible party and a due date. That way it's all clearly, very logically laid out. Now, if one person has multiple action items, I will also group those together too. And then that way it really allows people to see, here are my action items. I have these three things to do on these dates. And it just overall makes things flow a lot better because people aren't looking through the entire list and saying, oh, oops, I forgot this one, you know, and so that way it allows people to see exactly what they need to do and when. So what you're going to do is have that section at the very top. You're going to have all of your meeting um, action items at the very top, and that will allow you to very clearly communicate. These are the things that people need to do. Now, the next part is just, you're going to take all your meeting notes, go through them one time. Don't be overcritical or anything like that. Now, obviously if you wrote something down, like such and such was stupid, I can't believe they said that might want to delete that. (laughs) You don't want to send that out, but go through it one time. Just allow yourself to really quickly skim through it, Make sure that you didn't include any crazy comments like that that might get you fired and just delete those 
and allow that section just to be a living document of here's the things that we talked about. And on top of that section, just title it meeting notes. So now you've got two separate sections from very little effort because you just wrote it down as you went in the meeting. So then now you have a document that you're able to send out to the meeting attendees, letting them know these are the things that need to be done. And here's what we talked about. And so what you're going to do is put that in an email, send that out to all your people that were in the meeting. Sometimes it's easier. Um, like let's say you did it in a word document and not in OneNote. Sometimes it's easier just to send the word document. And what you can do is in the body of the email, just copy and paste the action items only. And then that way people can easily see what the action items are. They're not distracted by the rest of the meeting notes. And if they want to see what was talked about, they can open the attachment. So that's kind of two different ways that you can do it as far as for how you want to send out that email. This is really, really important. Sending out the action items and meeting notes, you want to do this within... I would say a day or two, anything past that, you might as well have not had the meeting because people will not, you know, realize that, well, one, you may already be beyond people's due dates that you set. So you need to be conscious of that, of how long is it taking you to send out those meeting notes with the action items and how does this correspond to the due dates that you set? Because you don't want to send it out and then have their due date be the very next day, unless it's something really small that they can do really quickly. Mainly because you want to give them enough time to actually do what you needed them to do. Because if not, then you're going to get junk back or you're going to get people not respecting the due dates. And what was the point of having the meeting if you're not going to actually get anything accomplished? So, That is key, making sure you get those meeting notes and action items out in a timely manner. This is why for me, it made a lot of sense to just go ahead and type them as I was going to where it just made it really easy to edit as I went through and then send those out. And number one biggest, biggest thing that I cannot emphasize enough is making sure that when those due dates come around, you are actually keeping track of people who are actually giving you the information you need or people who are not. And that way you can follow up with the ones who are not. And even with the ones who are sending out a really quick, thank you. I received your, your action item deliverables or, you know, whatever it is, just a big thank you is totally fine. One it shows your appreciation for the work that the people did to give you the things that you needed for your meeting. And also it's just a nice thing because also it gives them that sense of, Oh, they recognize the fact that I actually put the work in to give them what they need. And it also lets them know that you got it. I mean, all around a quick thank you email is huge and so easy. So whenever you are past your meeting and those due dates come around, it makes it really easy to, now that you have your little list of here's what needs to be done by when, 
you are able to go through that list, see who's sent you something, and then see who hasn't. And then that way you can easily follow up and say, hey, you know, remember we set this due date. Where are you on it? What issues are you having with it? And what can I do to help? And that way that kind of, one, it reminds them that they actually need to do it. Now, it's up to you, depending on the importance and, you know, how timely do you need to be with this whole thing, depending on your total end goal due date of whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. It's one of those things where you can either follow up on the day before the due date to say, hey, did you do this? Did you have any questions, you know, what's going on? Are you having issues? Kind of gives you that time to actually talk about it before it's actually due due. Um, Or if you want to, you can always just follow up on that due date saying, hey, you said you would have it by today. What's going on? How's it, you know, and the whole spiel. So it's totally up to you how you want to do it. But following up with them is important because again, if you are not, Giving people are, sorry, if you are not actually receiving things where you need to be receiving them, what information you need, what is that end goal that you had set out to the first place? Why did you even have that meeting? And that in itself is the whole point of following up, making sure that you actually accomplish what you set out to accomplish. Now, with all that being said, it seems like a lot. It seems like I just want to have a 30 minute meeting. Why do I need to go through all of this? Here's the thing. Yes, it seems like a lot. And the very first couple times that you do this, it's going to seem like it's adding a lot on your plate, trying to do all of these things. And it is a little bit of extra work up front, but here's where it saves you time. It saves you time by actually getting it done the first time the right way so that you don't have to have those reoccurring meetings over and over and over again and never actually accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. It honestly, yes, it feels like a lot for just a 30 minute meeting. And in some ways, maybe it is, but ultimately big picture of how it is as far as how this is going to impact your overall performance, your overall time that you're having to spend on, you know, whatever topic it is, whatever goal you're trying to reach, it's going to make it less and less time that you actually are devoting to this particular topic. And that'll free up time to give you more time back in your day. And that is why I do this. If I wouldn't do this, I would not have any free time during my day to actually do anything that I needed to get done. I would literally spend my time all day, every day in meetings. And I just can't do that. So one, for my sanity and two, because that's just complete waste of time. Why would I do that? So these are the things that I've come up with to make it to where 
I actually can get more done in a shorter amount of time and have meetings actually be effective. Have it to where when people show up to my meetings, they know now this is how this is going to roll. This is how we're going to do meetings. We're going to follow this agenda. It kind of, it becomes part of your reputation and it becomes easier over time because people are going to know that you're going, going to expect them to follow through. You're going to expect them to get things done in your meetings. And the reason that you're having the meeting in the first place is actually to get something done, not just to you know, hang out and talk about the weather or talk about your kids and all the things, which it's great that you want to talk about all of that, but you're not going to do it in my meeting, (laughs) you know, and we honestly doing that where you are following your agenda, you're going through all the steps that we talked about today. It honestly frees up time, like I was saying earlier, to where you can actually have those conversations, those meaningful connections can be made outside of the meeting where you actually feel like you have time to talk about those things. Because I don't know about you, but whenever I'm rushed and when someone comes up to me and just wants to chit chat, I'm like, I don't have time for this. Peace out. I'm not paying attention and I'm looking for the first exit out of here. And I know that's terrible, but it's like, I have so much going on in my day. I don't have time for that. Now, by doing this, I have made time to where I actually feel like I can connect with the people that I work with. I have time, extra time, because I do things like this in meetings and make it to where my day is more effective when I am actually working to where I free up time during my day to actually make those connections, make those meaningful connections where I actually talk to the person in front of me and I listen and I hear and I engage with them. If I didn't do all of the things that I do with the meetings and all of my to-do lists and all the different things that I do to make the time that I spend working more effective, I would not make those connections with the people at work. I would not feel like I had enough time to do that. And I don't know about you, but making the connections with the people that I actually enjoy talking with and want to be around means more to me than what I actually do at work. And don't get me wrong. I love what I do. I love you know, doing my job, I wouldn't do it if I didn't. Right. But honestly, it's those connections with people that make it worth it because without that, it's just a job. It's just a place to show up and do stuff. Right. And that's not what we're here for. We're here to connect with other people. We're here to make an impact And we can't do that if we're just stuck in endless repetitive meetings that we don't actually get anything done. So I hope that this has helped you realize how you can structure your meetings in a way that actually gives you time back in your day. So till next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. All links mentioned in today's show are in the show notes below. And if you enjoyed listening, be sure to leave a five-star review. 
It really helps other people like you find this show so that we can truly create a better corporate to hand down to the next generation. Thank you.